。哦。It makes this like lovely little ding. I don't know if you hear that as well. I heard one of them. I heard ding. <laughs> it does. Very pleasing. It really is. It's strange, isn't it? I feel yeah. like that's that's how they get you, and then they steal all your information. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> I'll move to a cave. <laughs> Shake my fist at the world. I was sort of playing into that a little bit. Yeah, are you? But... Actually, I'm preaching Sunday. Oh. And I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to, because he's starting Lent. So I'm going to suggest the fourth temptation was your cell phone. Oh, good luck with that. Yeah. Well, at least I, really I thought you were going to, I thought you were going to say that you're going to preach on being really paranoid about the world being out to get you and to go hide in a cave with like canned well, that's foods. Ending. And that was like, I've got to build up to that. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm from Georgia, you know, but. Maybe not the best for rural North Carolina to hear. <laughs> you got you to gotta work up, yeah, to the paranoia. And that's the weird <laughs> bit about paranoia is that for all you know, you're not paranoid enough, right? I mean, well, yeah, like, like I talked to you and – See, I, I'm just a little too, I think, rebellious about being paranoid, whereas, like, I think you're probably, like, appropriately paranoid. Huh. Because uh, I, I think I'm up. just like I'm like, what are they gonna get? Like, and and I know they right. actually can get a lot, but I think I just don't think I'm that interesting. I think I do interesting things not on the internet. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which sounds <laughs> that sounds. <laughs> you can take that whatever way you want, but That's right. <laughs> I just feel like all of my shiny bits are not on the. I mean, yeah, if you want to still like my. $100 in my bank account go for it but like I mean other than that there's not really much happening well I hear you and I, I get yeah you're right that part of it is how interesting am I and does it really matter I think part of it though is just them bothering you that's like, true the more they know about you the more they can bug you sometimes they're right though like on Facebook they'll be like you need to buy this shirt and I'm like <laughs> You're exactly right. <laughs> By tomorrow, you're wearing it. It's like, are you are you a July a rebel July girl who loves cats and wine? Get this sh- shirt. And I'm like, yeah, that's me. That's a great shirt. And Jeff Bezos says, I knew she was going to do that. Well, but- it also plays into how predictable we are, though, isn't it? I mean, I think part of the thing that makes us angry about that whole thing is that they're a- they are able to get us to click on something. They like, really are. And, and I guess that's part of my annoyance is I feel manipulated. It's like, I, I will push the alert button to see the update. Yeah. And the fact that they do that to me makes me angry. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it sort of makes us seem as though we are, not as smart as we think we are and maybe we're not and maybe that's the whole thing with your cell phone and with lent is like if we were smart we probably would put it down and not just in a judgmental way if we were actually i don't know i don't know what our obsession is with like looking at other things other than what's going around us it's weird oh now that's a good one 
good line. Yes. You can have it. I don't know, but Dr. people Taylor. love distraction. Yeah, I may use that. I may have to use that on Sunday. Um, yeah, we know we do. We are creatures of distraction, and that I, I get the rebelliousness, and that's part of my rebellion is the fact that they know how to manipulate me makes me just want to ignore them. You know, like I can't keep peanut butter M and M's or or peanut M or any M and M's peanut <laughs> chocolate any kind because I know I'll just eat them, and and so like I can I can determine some boundaries in my world like my physical world but the digital world it's hard to have any boundaries because if you're an email then they can spam you and if you want to be on facebook then they can you know well then the, the answer try to get you to stay on just minus you know work and probably like emails to get through the day is that maybe we shouldn't be on the internet at all Remember those times when we didn't need the internet for everything? If we wanted to record a podcast, we just got our old tape player. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and made a mixtape. Uh, mixtapes were, I guess, the first podcast. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it, it sort of, if you want to create things and be involved, you really have to watch out for the internet. Unless it's a podcast. Yeah, I mean, to listen to us. Oh my gosh, so I know. high and mighty as we record on our phones hundreds of miles uh, away from each other. That is really amazing. Well, that, I mean, the internet is wonderful, let's face it. Yeah. And, and it's hard to, I mean, it, I joke when the internet goes down at our house, the house has a heart attack. It's like everything freaks out. From the thermostat to the computers to, you know, if you just, you have these devices and they, they can't handle no internet. Well, you also are super techie, though. That's kind of your, like, I walked, in, I walked into yeah. your house and I was like, I'm in the future. Like, it's, you're, you're big into the tech stuff. Well, my husband is big into yeah. tech stuff as well, so I get it. But, like, I'm, like, a little bit of a technophobe. It's funny that we're even friends. That is, yeah, but it's, but then also you're, you're, you are on social media and I've kind of stopped it. So we really have yes, kind of flip-flopped in some ways. Yes. Like I love, still love the technology, but I'm off Facebook. Yes. So I love specific social media, like that I've cultivated mm-hmm. toward to work for myself. So like I, part of that though was living, so I lived in you know this, but I lived in Scotland for a decade. And so it was mostly a means of which people who I left in the U S could feel as though they were Mm -hmm. still up to date with like my life and technology was great for that. Like I remember when Skype became a thing, like I was buying, when I first moved to Scotland, I was buying phone cards. Like I know. I know. And I was going to the red phone booths <laughs> and like dialing America. For, oh my yes, gosh. Because it just. And then getting Ebola. <laughs> I mean, well, things, who knows? Let's, well. let's hope. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but yeah, uh, so like, I don't know. It was that part, I think, was that connection. I think I would have gotten off. Well, apparently, Facebook isn't cool anymore. Um, I got told that by a bunch of 18 year olds. So 
I don't even know what cool means, but people apparently are getting off of it. You're not alone at a very rapid rate. Yeah, and, and instead they're doing Snapchat, which is probably even more pernicious. Yeah, I don't even know what that is, honestly. I tried it a bit, but it really does demand lots of clicking. I downloaded the app because I liked to see my face in those filters. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think, I, but I deleted the app because I was like, I don't, if I want to talk to someone, I'll just call them or something. I don't know, but it's like not the world we live in. But yeah, so anyway. So technology, boom. Technology, yeah, we'll see how the sermon goes. Yeah, over. ooh, I'm, I'm interested. But I, th- I think it's, I mean, it's just interesting how it cuts across so many um, ages that you know, my mother loves her phone. My mother-in-law loves her phone. Uh, they play words with friends. Yeah. And and I but, think it's it's yeah. an interesting thing to preach on during Lent. I feel like it's the toughest time to preach. And you know what? I think it's so interesting because when I did parish ministry, like everyone was like, oh, like I got through Easter, so I'm going to go on vacation. And like, that's fine mm. because, you know, Easter's such a big thing or not Easter, sorry. Um, uh, like Maundy Tuesday and Ash Wednesday and all that. So they got through mm-hmm. that and they're like, I'm going to take a break because Easter's coming. And then uh, it's, they left these Lent sermons for whoever came in to do their sermons, you, for example. And I actually think the Lent sermons are the most difficult in the calendar because you can't. Wait, they, they left them? What do you mean? Well, they like left they them? would go on. So there's these times when ministers go on vacation, I guess was the point that I was trying to make. Okay. And it, it tends to be after Easter, which was what I said before. But also I found that a lot of ministers went after uh, Ash Wednesday um, and so they mm-hmm. left to like, because I was an associate pastor, they left these sort of, as they went on vacation, these Lenten sermons to the associate mm-hmm. pastors. And I would sit there and I would like, oh, I would oh, like gotcha. sort of mull over, what do I do with this? Because there, it's a, it's a tough, I mean, there's a lot of tough times in the church calendar, but like, and in the lectionary, but like, I think Lent's tough because it's like what you're saying is how do you go in and tell people to give up stuff, you know, or to right, right. like focus the mind by like shedding some aspect of themselves, you know, especially coming in as not like a main minister, I guess is the point I'm trying mm-hmm. to make is I think it's a difficult, a difficult thing to preach on. Sure, sure. And I think you're right. And especially if you were the pastor in a church for several years, and next year, it's kind of like, remember last year, and I told you to give up something or to be more spiritual or read yeah. your Bible, or I'm going to do I'm going to do that whole thing. Yes. again. Like, I'm just going to tell you the same thing. Yes, all over because again. that's what it is, isn't it? It's like that, that mm-hmm. question of what are you giving up for Lent? And it's like, everyone's I, you know, everyone's like, well, I'm giving up coffee, I'm giving up facebook or my phone or like you're suggesting the phone and it's just like yeah it's like if you do this i don't have a problem with the giving up part of it but it's like what are you actually hoping for them to accomplish by giving up right 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 what level of are they just gonna well and my 
And I'm not going to tell them to give it up. I, I want them just to realize my, my goal is that this cell phone is not innocent. It's kind of like the casino. Like it looks fun. There's <laughs> lights. People are, but, but it's, it's not innocent. No. Like it does cost you something. And so, you know, there are lots of parents with young children for toddlers and it's very easy for them to, cause you know, little, especially little kids or babies are boring. I mean, they're just like rolling a ball around. They start playing <laughs> with their phone. But the next thing you know, I mean, this is a weird bit is after doing that little habit and checking it 80 times a day, pretty soon you're not watching your kid and you're missing out or you're just spending, you just get, it's addictive. You just, so I, I, I that's my goal is just, you know, whatever people want to do with their phones is fine. <laughs> They just need to be conscious that, you know, you get 24 hours in a day. And if you're on your phone for three hours, you can't tell me that you're really busy. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, or that you're tired because, you know, there's there's a three hour nap right there, buddy. Yeah. Right. There's three hours to mow your grass. No, I so, think it's a great. Um, I mean, personally, you know, I think it's I, I just think it's and I think you'll you'll do fab at it. But I'm saying I think in general, those subjects are really hard to broach sometimes. Sure. No, they are, but I'm not going to, I'm, I'm way too old to tell anybody what to do. So I'm not going to say, it would be, it would be a cool sermon to just take my phone and throw it. Gosh, how great would that be to go viral with people on their phones? It would, it would, it would, (laughs) I would just totally be awesome. Uh, No, I'm, I'm, I'm not to judge because like we're saying here, I am using my phone to record this, but, um, but yeah, that people just kind of sort of, it's just insidious that you're not aware till you really start it's sort of like eating mm-hmm. i mean you, you're not you, you need a food journal to really be honest because otherwise you're like i didn't eat anything all day but the truth is you're eating crackers and you know it's just a handful of this and a handful of that and there's two thousand calories and yeah and the phone's the same way so it just whittles totally. away and so yeah you're missing out you're missing out on stuff and you're missing out on solitude oh, and a little bit of silence preach brother right? now and i'm hearing you i know Come it on. i know it <laughs> But it is weird. It's weird to think about not having your phone with you. I know. Well, what, ha- I, like, what would happen? The house one day for like to go to work in Meisenheimer, which is like an hour from where I live, and I didn't have my phone. And I thought, oh gosh, well I have to, I have to go back. And I'm like, why? I'm going to work. Like I don't <laughs> actually. I have a phone in my <laughs> office. Like I don't need. Who's right. gonna, you know. Other than mindless, I mean, there could be an emergency fair, but again, you would miss out on texts, I guess, right? Yeah, and I, yeah, and I guess like, but people know, like my my family know my office number, so like if it came to it, they could get a hold of me. Mm-hmm. Plus, they know where I work, hmm. so it's like, I mean, I don't know, like there was a way of yeah, so, but I, I had this moment where I felt like I'd lost like a limb because of that, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which kind of sucks. Very strange. So moving away from that, do we want to talk about this new TV series that I've gotten you completely addicted to? Yes. Let's talk about Rev. (laughs) Rev. Yeah, so I'm really glad that you liked it. Um, So I'll give, do you want me to give a bit of a background on it? Yeah. People may not, maybe don't know it. So Rev is this series, it's a BBC series that I started watching when I was in Scotland, and apparently it did make it over. I didn't realize that it did 
make it over. Because some of the the BBC can be really protective of some of its shows. Um, and so sometimes it's really hard to get them in the U.S., but apparently it was on Hulu as well because our chaplain at Pfeiffer had also seen it and loved it. Um, but it's basically a show about um, an ordained minister in the uh, Church of England, the Anglo uh, Episcopal Church, um, that gets moved. You can correct me because it's been a while since I've seen the beginning, but he gets moved from the city or from the like a nice sort of rich parish um, to a parish in the sort of <clears throat> borough of London that's very poor and it's sort of a failing in the way that we think of failing churches, i.e. the numbers are very, very low. Um, mm -hmm. And essentially it's just a window into what it's like to be a minister, I think generally, but also a minister in the context that he's in specifically. Would you say that that's accurate? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's very much an inner city church with problems of, um, you know, the, there's homelessness around them and there's uh, people not really connected and there's a parish school, I guess like a church school that's very successful, but those parents don't really go to the church unless they have to type. Yeah, which, which is, so which is all the these funny, dynamics. that's one of the funniest bits is how, so yeah, the Church of England schools are, I think, I mean, you lived in England. So I don't know about this, but like, they're sort of better, right? They're they have more funding. Yeah, no, that, I, I have no experience okay. with that. Um, I, that that's the impression kid... that the show gives is that basically that, right. that they are better. And so, but part of it is that you have to actually be on the register for this church. And so, there's an episode where there's a bunch of people that are trying to get their kids into this church, into the school, but they haven't actually attended the church. Um, and the sort of negotiation that has to happen with that, I think is really interesting, but I think one of the best things, so, so Rev gets incredible reviews in the UK. UK is, I would say very much a more, especially in Scotland, a more secularizing, um, like area than the U S and in England, it's less that way, but it's a bit, you know, you have Linda Woodhead and other folks who have been doing research into religion in numbers in the UK, like who is actually religious and what does that mean? In England, it's a little mm -hmm. bit weird because of this whole school thing, which is, and other bits, is that it's more of a cultural thing, is that people are baptized in the Church of England because that's what you do, like it's kind of a thing. Um, so people would say they're Church of England, but maybe don't ever um, go to church but anyway as a society is perhaps a little bit more secular uh, than the u.s but people loved the show they thought it was mm. amazing and i think it's it's difficult sometimes to have a show that in many ways talks about religion but is that popular in a society that's maybe not hyper religious um right right so yeah, yeah, go ahead. I think the genius of the show is it's very humanizing. It makes he's a very much a human character. The 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 main the, the priest, uh Tom Tom Hiddleston Bag Bagginsworth. <laughs> <laughs> you're just you're just <laughs> <laughs> 
Would you just call him Baggins? Uh, as if Duncan, Duncan McDougal Little Baggins-worth. Something, oh, like that. something really charming. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, but no, he's um, human and that he is, he wants to succeed and he has problems and balancing careers and the church and people frustrating him and you know real life issues and trying to be a good person but also uh, get frustrated and and I think that's part of why anybody whether you're religious or not can connect with it because it's it's mostly versus you know the exorcist or something where it's religion is magic and and you know it's, it's sort of exciting and they're sort of powerful or it's or it's an attack on religion which some things can be where it, the religion is shrouded in mystery and they're gonna uh, yeah so yeah this is kind of a show in the middle it's not attacking and it's not you know making it seem like harry potter it's just sort of real so yeah exactly and i think that's a difficult like the UK has always been way, 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 the UK and Ireland has always been way better at making fun of religion, but in an insider way, like we never mm. really had many shows that were like Father Ted or The Vicar of Dimity, mm -hmm. right. where, yeah. you know, both of the shows yeah, yeah. were saying, look how ridiculous we can be, but we're talking about it as people who are within it, you know? So we're making yeah, ourselves, that. basically. Mm -hmm. um, no, I don't think we really have that in the U.S. I mean, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. And actually, Rev took it in a different direction, I think, because it, it has the humor and it has the I'm an insider and this is some of the ridiculousness of religion, especially with, like, the hierarchy and, you know, the, <laughs> the, um, the bishops and stuff that come in. But it also says, like, but this is also what we're doing. Like, there's a heart to it. You know, it's yes. not just saying, yeah, yeah. like, this is, you know, because one of the bad bits, I think, with, I mean, I love Father Ted. And I actually adore the Vicar of Dibley because I think uh, Don French is just epic. Um, but they never really mm -hmm. showed the value. They Vicar of Dibley did a little bit more. But, I mean... Father right. Ted was just slapstick, really, which was great. See, I've never seen I've never seen Father Ted. Yeah, I mean, it just was a, it was just funny. It was just comedy. It was straight comedy. Right, right, and you're right. Vicar and Vicar Dibley is much more. There's kind of a laugh track or audience, and as I recall, so it's very much. There's lots of jokes and laughs, whereas, um, uh. Yeah, Rev is Rev is not trying to have two jokes a page or whatever the standard is yeah, for a, a totally. TV script. And he has this crisis of faith and things like that, which I think, I think he just goes through. And you know what? I what was also pointed out to me is that the advisors are Church of England advisors on the show, so they have actual yes, yeah. Yes, yes. In the in the credits, there's like six six people or so that are thanked and then also a congregation so you do get the sense they've really tried to consult and somebody really wanted to to get yeah. it right and it does feel it does feel sort of right um yeah you're right. I, I never thought about that but there really is no parallel in u.s uh, i i you know i have to either really ponder this um or or try mr google 
and to try to there's really no parallel in US TV of a show that kind of teases religion but also kind of loves it I don't think we've got there yet I think we take it unless it's kind of a mean like George Carlin type thing which is funny but there's not really appreciation it's much more mocking like I'm thinking of Kevin Smith's dogma where uh, George Carlin is the cardinal in the Catholic Church with the with the what, what's it called the happy Jesus the thumbs up Jesus. I don't know if you've no. ever seen the movie or seen, but <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> George Garland has a gargoyle Catholic church. And like this, it's, it's their new campaign in Catholicism is Catholicism. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, it's just, and he, he kind of says, it's something me and the boys have been kicking around the office. So it's very much like he's talking like a business executive. And then they have the new pic, new image statue of Jesus. He's like a surfer giving you a thumbs up. Because oh, the cross is just not selling image, anymore. But, I figured yeah. you'd seen, yeah, that's where it's from. So, and Kevin Smith is Catholic and has a, um, I, I think he, he, as he would put it, he has a lot of love and respect for Jesus, but he got pretty frustrated with the church. But I think he kind of has a soft spot for trying to be a good person. And besides the fact that he's total goofball and everything. Yeah, I was just thinking about Saved. I don't know if you ever saw that. I never saw that. The movie Saved. Okay. Uh-uh. It's sort of like, like uh, uh, Alanis Morissette is God. And I think it's one of those. Who did it? Not Kevin Smith. Maybe it was. No. But it was one of those films. And again, it, that's it, it's sort of playing into what you're talking about. Is it's, it's not making fun, but it's sort of like a parody, I think. And um, Yes, yes. I'm not sure that I'm, I just, I, yeah, like there's not been a show like that. And I think part of it is, is if we transplanted those shows into the U.S., I just think that, like, can you imagine a Father Ted style show of the Catholic church in like Boston <laughs> or something? Mm, like, mm-hmm. like, I think it could be hilarious, but I don't know. I think we haven't you know, dealt with some of our own demons long enough. Like I think the UK and hmm. Ireland have, I mean, they still have their religious issues, but I think there's some, I don't know. There's something about it that they've, they've sort of been able to work through some of those bits enough to laugh at it. And what, what would you, what do you mean by that? What demons <clears throat> would you say? Well, I mean, like, you know, are we going to have the vicar of Dibley as, uh, you know, Dr. Leah Robinson, Reverend Dr. Leah Robinson in the Southern Baptist church. Like she comes in and says like, all right, guys, uh, I know you've never had a woman <laughs> minister, but here I am. Mm. Let's talk about that slavery thing. You know, like, <laughs> I don't know that it's, it, it were, or like Boston, it's like, Oh, like, you know, how about spotlight? That's a, that was a bad time. You okay. know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I think we've had a lot of stuff that needs, and and again, I'm not saying. I mean, that Ireland and the UK don't have that. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> there's a lot of issues there too. Um, but there's, I think there's something about the institutionalization of the churches in both of those contexts. So, like the church, of, there's the Church of England, there's the Church of Scotland. You know, the the church has been so heavily aligned with what 
it sort of means to be a citizen in some ways that I think the way that we make fun of politics very easily is the way that they feel like they can do that with religion too. I may be making assumptions. I don't know, but it just seems like they're more at ease with that than we are. No, I think you're right. And it's interesting that, that they may have dealt with some of these issues earlier than the U S but then in some ways we were ahead of the game that I think we, we meaning some denominations in the U S were ordaining women and had female bishops way before they did an English. Oh, yeah. I may be wrong on that. But, but so we kind of led some of those progressive issues. But then in other ways, I think you're right, that we haven't really dealt with it. And, um, well, and it's almost like we kind of held steady in some ways. And, and I think it is the parish system that, because everyone grew up with it, and it's pretty, you know, it, 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 they have the same terminology. They can make fun of it. Whereas here... There are a lot of people, I mean, you've just got so much religious diversity that you can't, you can't really make fun of bishops because if you did it here, a lot of Baptists would say, I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like there's not a common lingo because there's not a common experience. Whereas in England, there's probably a common experience that everyone can laugh at, which is the priest running around in a dress type thing oh. in the cassock, <laughs> you know, the cassock wear and all that. So you can kind of make fun of the, 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 the clothing and the culture. I think I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think even us talking about it, we say something and, and we're very, very careful about how we say it. I think, um, whereas, and, and I think it's a very American thing is that we're trained to be very sensitive about religion, which is great, which is important. Um, but I think in some ways it's, it is a, a reflection of why we don't have these shows. You know, I think, we are very, very hypersensitive to that. And I think you're exactly right about the shared experience that these folks mm. have had where they can sort of understand the language and the terminology and, you know, they can, they know what it's like to go, you know, in Ireland, you have such a, in the Republic anyway, a uniform I mean, I, I don't know the percentages I used to, um, but it's a very tiny amount of pro- Protestantism within the context of the Republic of Ireland. So most people probably went through, you know, First Communion. You know, they went through all of these bits that sort of a cultural religion, a cultural religious landscape. And so they can they can understand what it would be like to have two bumbling country priests, right. you know. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think just showing up at your door randomly. Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. And you might roll your eyes at them, but you still know that's the priest and they would help you out. Whereas here, yeah, you would be more, you know, thought they were Mormons going to give you something. (laughs) Do you open your, do you open your door to people that, that come to your door to evangelize? We have, we don't get a whole lot. We've had Jehovah's Witnesses occasionally, but they tend to just finding tracks and moving on. So I've not had a whole lot. Now, a friend of mine lives near the Mormon church, so they come a lot. He's a Baptist <laughs> pastor. And, and sort of like, he's like their first stop because he's near them. It's like, okay, guys, roll out. And they're just ding dong. And he's, he just sort of like, he just tells them, I'm a Baptist pastor. You're wasting your time type thing. Like he just sort of has to run them off. Oh, I bring bit. them in all the time. But, do you? And then what do you I do? Listen to them. Torment them? I don't, I don't. I just listen to them. I. I. But I oh. sort of. I. 
I've sort of treat it as like religious research, I feel like in some ways, which is probably not good, but then, you know, they're, they're the ones at my door. So, um, mm-hmm. I, I sort of just, yeah, I just listen to what they have to say. I think it's, I think it's interesting. <laughs> I think it gives like, it's a little bit of a window into that. Sure. Do you, do you get many? I used, so when I lived in Atlanta, I did. Yeah. And actually, you know, I used to get tons in the United Kingdom. Like when I lived in Scotland, that was where I got the most. Who would knock? Yeah. Huh. And um, I'm trying to think who they were. They were. Were they American or were they? No, they from were Scotland? British. They were S- Scottish. Um, the yeah, Jehovah's Witness, I think. Yeah. Yeah, what is the one that has the publication that's like the lighthouse or something? It's... The Watchtower, yeah, that's just yeah, yeah, witnesses. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah, because we talked a lot about the lighthouse. <laughs> I was like, that's a great, <laughs> that's a cool name. What's up with that? <laughs> so that's sort of how my conversations went. Is like I sort uh-huh. of was just huh. trying to get them to tell me, and they were just like, "But Jesus, and you know, be a man. and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." No, I got that part. I got the Jesus part. Because they had a script, right? They wanted you to be on yeah, script. Yeah, yeah. But I would they be had like, talking points, and instead you were I'd be like, so those outfits, like, do you have a place yeah, that yeah. makes those them shoes. for you? <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, yeah, Jesus is Lord. And I'm like, yeah, no, I know. <laughs> so the I know, house. <laughs> but I've heard, I've heard of a special underwear. Like, is it chafing? <laughs> <laughs> the Mormons supposedly they have some kind of, some kind of clothing. I'm not sure that I've ever gotten a Mormon. At my door. I don't know. Just sort of. I mean, if it's comfortable wear, I, I say it's always good to go of comfort. Yeah, so. that's true. And I don't, I don't know that I've had, but yeah. So I mean, I think I, I got, I think I told you this that I got evangelized at AAR, the American Academy of. Seems like it. Yeah, <laughs> where yeah. I, was, I do remember which, you're on the street. Yeah, or I was something. walking to the conference with my badge, and this guy stop me and I have my headphones in and he was like hey hey (laughs) and usually I just sort of like I'm you know a woman walking down the street and this was a dude and I was like and he was yelling hey at me so I kind of tend to just walk on um Mm -hmm. but I just finally just you know took my headphones out and was like uh okay yes and he was like he sort of had a really interesting lead up. He said something like, today is a great day. Like, <laughs> and I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> and it wasn't. It was actually really cold and cloudy. <laughs> and I was like, is he going to ask me like what the temperature is? Like, or what? Right. He's like, today is a great day. Um, aren't you so happy that you can walk to wherever you're going to walk? And I was like, well, and I responded, I was like, it's really cold. I kind of wish I had a car. And he was like, yes, but you can walk. And I was like, yes, I can. And then I was already in it. And he was just like, and you know what else is great? Jesus. And I was like, ah, here we go. (laughs) Right. Right. And I just said, I'm good. Thank you. It was like someone offering you like, too much food or something. I'm good, thanks. And so then I just put my headphones in. I like I, I walked and then I stopped and I sort of had this like recovering Southern Baptist moment where I was like, you know, by the way, I'm an ordained minister who teaches theology. 
and he just stared at me and then I just kept walking and he was like <laughs> ministers need Jesus too <laughs> <laughs> like ye- yelling at me down the street <laughs> it was great it was sweet yeah, yeah. ish I mean I'm not sure you know it's perhaps the best way to go about it but because afterwards I was just really indignant about it it's just like gosh didn't even ask me who I was yeah, what is, what is it, an invasion of privacy? Like, it does kind of irritate you. Is it they're taking up your time? I don't know what I, it is, but it, it is irritating. It is. I think there. I have I have a twofold response to that. I think one is that they don't take... There's always two things. There's two Now, if I was a real Baptist, <laughs> There's always two I, would points. Have three, I would have three points, but uh-huh, yeah, I only uh-huh, have two. Um, one point is that he never took any time to get to know who I was as a human, nor did he care about where my continuing life was going. I think it's just this idea of getting a checkbox in your heavenly, you know, your heavenly right, grade right, book. Yeah. And I have issue with that because the only thing he noticed was that I could indeed walk, which, and that it was a nice day when it wasn't. So, you know, that's, that's cheating. The other, I think is that people don't respond well to it. And trying to be on the side of people learning about Jesus as we are on occasion, you know, it was, it's not exactly a good calling card, I would say for our efforts. Um, Right. Yes. Yes. Um, It just has a sales job feel mm -hmm. to it. Um, You know, there's the people with the soap samples. You ever see those stores? Yes. 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 And it's always weird. And they're like here and, it, it, and there's a weird back to psychology. There's a psychological, like the, you know, internet and casinos and stuff. There's that weird psychology that if someone gives you something, like if you stop and take it, then you're sort of obligated to listen. Yeah. I mean, in, in theory, you're not. In theory, you could take it and run off. But the human mind being what it is, if I give you something, then it immediately gives, you feel like you have to do something in return, which is pay attention while I tell yeah. you that we're having a sale on soap. <laughs> and, and it's just, and I think there's something grimy about that. Like you're walking cause you're going somewhere. Yeah. And they're there because it's convenient to like annoy people oh, and they're interrupting you to give you a sales job. And yeah, it just leaves you kind of with this very strange and you got to wonder how many people it really, I don't know. You got to wonder how many people it really reaches, and if it's not more just getting people involved, is it is it more about getting people active in their own faith than it is actually witnessing? Does that make sense? Like, how many people really come in through that? I don't know. I you know, it's. I was in Asheville recently with a friend, and it was uh, it was Gay Pride Week there, and there were all of these. Um, parades that were happening and there was these booths that were set up and there was so it was such an interesting comparison because one church and, and all of the booths were related to like LGBT stuff so there was some arts and crafts and things like that but they were there was a lot of advocacy uh uh, booths as well and then there were some churches there were local churches that were like all decked out in rainbow and like you know all are welcome sort of thing 
And then across the road, there was a bunch of people with megaphones. I'm not, I'm not going to name nice. and shame any of these churches, although they should be, um, but I'm not going to. Um, but the, across the road, there was a bunch of people who were gathered that were, like, yelling and everything. And as people passed, whether they were part of the gay pride stuff or if they were just people who were walking by, like, me and my friend were just walking by. And I was like, ugh. Like, I was just so, like, I got my skin crawled because I was like they're just I couldn't even hear my friend talking because they were screaming about Mm. the love of Jesus (laughs) at the top of their lungs and I just was I actually crossed the road so that I didn't have to hear like all of that stuff and I just think and and we went to the booth and all of these people were gathered like a whole bunch of people gathered around these churches and like people were talking like the to people that were there that were being supportive and I was just like who's who is like again you can you can debate what you want about the sexuality stuff but in terms of witness who is witnessing right now like you know yeah, no, yeah. What is this really about? Because it's, you know, I mean, right. I, I, I just doubt there's gay people at Gay Pride that hear the megaphone and think, and are like, oh, you're right. And then, yeah, I mean, like, oh, okay, you got me. And then they kind of wander off. So I, I think there's, it isn't yeah, even, I think there's people that were straight, that were, I mean, anybody, I think anyone that was walking past them would have been like, like, I wanted to not be associated, I'm an ordained minister, I didn't want to be associated with anything that they were offering, like, Mm -hmm. and I just was like, you know, and so I have questions, like, the guy on the street maybe just felt like he was, I do have a face that people like to talk to, (laughs) so maybe he just thought that the look, I know, right, it's, yeah, it's great, it can be great, but Maybe he just felt the Holy Spirit calling him to talk to me, and that's fine. I talked back. But, I mean, in terms of, like, that group of people, like, what do they actually think they're going to get out of this? Yeah, it's probably much more of an advocacy, and they want to show their position. But, yeah, it is a very, I mean, it's just, what is it really going to accomplish at Gay Pride Week? Be a lot better off just mowing the grass. (laughs) Right? And you want to go well, oh, this... go ahead. No, I just no, you say, and you want to go talk to them. Like my initial thing was to go talk to them, um, because I'm writing a little bit about the stuff at the minute and the way that theology can be used on either side of a point. Um, and uh-huh. but you can't even talk to them. That's the funny thing is, I like I went up to them and, or not that group, but I've been up to a group before and tried to like have a conversation, and they just. It's, they already have like a defense and I'm like, Hey, like I'm religious. I am here to talk to you. Like, I just wanted to know what you think about this. And they're like, it, it's funny. Cause I'm, I'm not sure they're prepared. They're prepared for a fight, which they're not right. prepared for a conversation, which is interesting. Yeah. It is interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. Interesting stuff. Well, this has been a great uh, conversation and we want to remind people to, uh, Check us out on anchor.fm. Theology is annoying. And my name is Kevin Taylor. And I am Leah Robinson.